G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, it doesn't matter where you turn, who you listen to, what you're watching on television by way of any sort of political commentary, people are talking about religious freedom in Australia. And of course, after the draft bill on religious freedom was released last week, there's been a lot of discussion about what that really will mean. And as we've been saying through the week, the idea of straddling one side and the other, as the government seems to have done, in creating a document that really does do what it is supposed to do and is calling for consultation about the issue, at least there is an openness to hear debate and argument on both sides. Well, let's get some insight today. Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch has been looking at the issues around religious freedom and some of the challenges that the draft bill throws up. Bill Muhlenberg, a special welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Well, Bill, in general, the document itself doesn't protect religious freedom, but the government has given an opportunity here to draw out consultation from all sides of the argument. Is that at least a good thing? Oh, well, it's a good start. Uh, Depends how far we uh, get a hearing and how much is taken on board. Uh, Christian Porter, our Attorney General, did release the draft bill last week. You can see it. Uh, I've got links on my website, 52-page document. Uh, sadly, as is often the case, much of it is in legalese, so it's kind of cryptic, and you're really not quite sure what it's saying. Uh, some bits look like it might be good and might offer some help, but then you look at the fine print, and it seems... Uh, uh, well, it may not be as helpful as we want. In fact, you could take a step back and agree with some good legal minds that uh, perhaps this whole approach is the wrong one to begin with. Instead of, uh, you know, setting up things like a religious freedom commissioner or a new legislation, maybe better to actually uh, get rid of some problematic uh bits of legislation. One thinks of uh, Section 18C on the uh, Discrimination Act of 1975. That one was uh, has been used quite often, the Racial Discrimination Act, that section, to uh, really silence people, uh, often uh, Christians, from preaching the gospel. So, uh, well, people that you've had on before, people like Augusto Zimmerman, the legal expert and Christian from Perth. That's his take on all this. Instead of drafting new legislation, new things that perhaps will just end up with judges, uh, well, sadly unelected and unaccountable judges determining, you know, how it fits in terms of a church or a Christian group, better to claw back some of the unhelpful laws that we have in the first place. 
Challenging times ahead, no matter what happens with the government's resolution for this issue of religious freedom. As you say, those calls to do away with Section 18C of the Racial Discrimination Act, well, that would in fact just give people a level of freedom that uh, would give them the opportunity to speak whatever they want to without fear of being drawn before the courts as people are being under the Section 18C legislation as it is at the moment. The other thing, Bill, of course, was the idea that the government could come up with some sort of religious freedom act that would be a positive affirmation of our freedoms, freedom of religion. The government seems to have put that on the shelf for now, unless it's something they could be planning for into the future. But they've gone down this path of the anti-discrimination legislation, and not everybody's really happy with that. No, again, some of the minds uh, sharper than mine, especially in the legal areas, have been uh, concerned about some of the proposals. Again, the idea of a religious rights commissioner, you know, some bureaucrat who's going to sit down and determine, you know, what Christians and others can do and cannot do, what is really germane to their faith and what isn't, what is an important part of their belief and practice and what isn't. That's always a scary situation indeed when you get some, uh, again, kind of unaccountable or unelected uh, bureaucrat uh, determining these sorts of matters. And again, the idea that it will fit in with the Australian Human Rights Commission, which has already got a bit of a track record of not being all that friendly to the things that we're concerned about. Uh, Yeah, it just seems like a lot of the directions that are being mooted in this bill are, well, you know, kind of been there and done that. They're not going to be that helpful, and they may well compound the problem. So, again, better to wind back some of these vexatious bits of legislation with their vilification laws, anti-discrimination laws that really make it hard for a Christian, uh, certainly in the public arena, but sometimes even as a in their own work, uh, to really make a go of things. Israel Flau is one of the high profile cases, but as I wrote a week or two ago, I know actually of many such cases. Most of them will never go into the public spotlight. They're still being dragged out behind the scenes and before tribunals and so on, but I know of many who are or have lost their jobs, uh, again, stating things perhaps on their own social media pages that has nothing to do with their actual job. But because of that, uh, losing their right to having just simple, everyday freedom of speech. That's really what we want here. It's not so much religious freedom. It's simply freedom of thought, freedom of conscience, again, with the proper restraints that we already have. We already have laws on the books about things like slander and libel, incitement to violence. So that's already covered. So what we want is to free up people to be able to discuss ideas without fear of losing jobs and the like. Bill, let's deepen the conversation a little to something that a lot of other commentators don't appear to be talking about, and that is, of course, with the idea of religious freedom comes a level playing field 
for those who are coming from all sorts of different varieties of religious faith. I wonder whether you've been giving any thought to what ramifications that might have. If there is a, a law that guarantees religious freedom, uh, what about all of the other world religions that will be looking to enhance their position? Yeah, well, in my new piece, I do actually look at that. I've had discussions with others about this thing, and it seems there's at least two extremes to avoid. On the one hand, there are those who are basically saying, oh, well, we should only have freedom of religion for Christianity. It's the one true religion, so only that should get preferential treatment. None of the others should. Well, Oh, look, I'm, I'm mildly sympathetic with where they're coming from. I do believe Christianity is the one true religion, but in a pluralistic democratic society, uh, well, the whole idea of religious freedom has been you can't favor one religion over another. That was the whole point in America, obviously, of what we call the Establishment Clause. Government should not establish one religion over another and give it kind of preferential treatment. So on the one hand, yeah, we need to treat all religions equally. If there's freedom for one, then there's got to be freedom for all. But the other extreme, of course, is to say that even though they may get equal treatment under the law, that doesn't mean they are all necessarily equal. Uh, There are some religions that are better than others. There are some religions that teach you know, love your enemy, whereas other religions teach, uh, you know, slay the infidel wherever you find them. So again, how we get uh, a good kind of uh, legislation on this that protects uh, religious freedom, which is compatible with our democratic values and beliefs, so that's one thing, but to, well, we know already that there's many say, Muslim leaders who are demanding in various levels that all criticism of Islam be banned or made illegal. Now, that is something we cannot do. Uh, We should have a right to critique all religions, especially some of those that seem to be a little bit more in need of a critique than others. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a kind of a whole tricky area. And it's not just Christians and Christianity that we have to think about, but the whole gamut of what religious freedom is all about. A powerful insight to suggest that even if we had freedom of religion, that there might be some of the world religions who could use that freedom almost as the same sort of blasphemy laws that could be used to bludgeon one another. So a very, very significant point that you make there, Bill. Let's talk for a few moments about why we would even be talking about religious freedom. I think it's arguably a good thing that religion itself is on the front page of the newspapers. People are talking about it. This is a major national debate that's going on. Some are suggesting that somehow or other religious freedom has come about because of secular thinking. But that's not the truth, is it? The fact that we are Christian ought to give us some level of pride in that Christianity has been part or substantially uh, the foundation for what religious freedom actually is. Yeah, well, quite right. There's kind of a long-standing revisionist history of things that says, you know, religion is responsible for all kinds of intolerance and violence and lack of freedom and thought and freedom of expression. 
Now, of course, there's been some truth to that over the years, sadly. But the uh, line goes that basically it took the secular enlightenment period to finally free up uh, thought and uh, conscience and the like. Well, I mentioned in one of my new articles that there is, in fact, a brand new book by an American historian put out by Yale University Press in which he really debunks this whole thing. Uh, in fact, he says, look, long before the Enlightenment, Christian thinkers were looking at the issue of religious freedom and what it means. You can go way back to the early church fathers like Tertullian. In fact, this writer says Tertullian was the first person ever to use the word or the phrase religious freedom. So it was thought about for a long time in the early church and the Middle Ages, certainly came up big time during the time of the Reformation. And in fact, some of the uh, thinkers, Christian thinkers then, were looking even more broadly, you know, how do we include those of other religions into this concept? So, uh, yeah, it's really been the Christian belief, including things like render to Caesar, the things that are Caesar's, uh, this kind of separation, if you will, between, you know, there is a place for the state, but there's a place for the things of God, and governments really should keep their hands off as much as possible so that people can enjoy no compulsion in their religious beliefs. So there's a lot of big-picture items here. What we're debating now with this draft bill is nothing new. We've been thinking as believers about this for almost 2,000 years now, so there's a long history to this whole discussion. Well, Bill, uh, outstanding insights once again, and I'll point listeners to one of your latest articles called On Religious Freedom Legislation, and just to draw attention to the fact that you've got some links in your article to uh, even the 15-minute video from one of our regular guests on 2020, Martin Isles from the Australian Christian Lobby, who gives a good overview, and there's a link there, and you mentioned that there's some links to a book that you were talking about, uh, Liberty in the Things of God, The Christian Origins of Religious Freedom, Robert Louis Wilkin, and a number of other links there. But the item is called On Religious Freedom Legislation. You can get it when you Google Culture Watch, just one word, or go to BillMuhlenberg.com. Bill, great talking. Thanks so much for your insights once again today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.